You're listening to The Cell Phone Junkie with Mickey and Matt, your source for news, reviews, and questions about the cell phone industry. Visit us at www.thecellphonejunkie.com. Hello and thank you for downloading The Cell Phone Junkie. My name is Mickey Papillon and this is show number 24. As always, I am joined with my co-host Matt. How are you doing tonight, Matt? Great. Good evening, everybody. Well, it is another week and actually another fourth show, so we are actually on uh, a comment show, actually questions and comments, and we've got uh, some great ones lined up, about 10 that we're going to go over here from you, the listeners that you've sent in over the last four weeks. And so I'm, uh, but uh, before we get into those, I want to just uh, special thanks to Judy over at uh, Gear Diary, who wrote up just a, a great review on this show. And what I want to do is I want to I want to read uh, some excerpts here from the review and um, uh, just what she said. The title of it is Coolness. I found a podcast that I'm willing to listen to. She says, I have a confession. I don't particularly like podcasts. You could blame it on the fact that I was raised on TV, not the radio, or you could blame it on the fact that the few I have listened to were so poorly done, so amateurish, and just so lame that they scoured me from the genre. Uh, It's not that I don't want to listen to someone talk about something I'm interested in. It's that I don't have the patience to search through the poorly produced unentertaining drivel while search for the sonic gems. There I said it. Well, I finally found one I like, the cell phone junkie. So anyway, I certainly appreciate that, Judy. Your uh, your comments are, are very well received and uh, you know very uh, excited that uh, you, you enjoy our show. Uh, we enjoy putting it together, and uh, thank you for that. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's nice to see that that someone else in the industry that is actually uh, interested in uh, what we're talking about likes the way that that the show is produced. So uh, I knew it. it it's it's got to be my voice. It's it is your I've voice. I've got that. It's got got that low, nice, sexy voice. <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny because she actually did say that. She said she mentioned the fact that the uh, the the our voices didn't. Um, uh, what does it say? Mickey has a voice that doesn't grate on me, and I didn't hear a single awkward uh, or otherwise uncomfortable silence. So, well, we and we, then his and then his guests like Matt really kind of <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's just one of those uh, one of those things. I and I, you know, we both listen to podcasts, and that can be an interesting thing when you're um, when you get to a show that is particularly um, you know not structured. That it can be very difficult to oh. listen to. So. Yep. Oh, it's it's unreal when you listen to some that are done by like, like Leo or Celia Laporte, like Twitter or something like that, and then you start listening to somebody that's new. It's just wow. Yeah, the differences and the professionalism and and whatnot. Absolutely. So, let's get into some questions here. We uh, we'll start off with uh, a couple here from Scott. We've actually have uh, three separate questions from Scott, or I should say, three separate. Um, emails with the numbers of questions in each of them. So we're going to go through these. Uh, So Scott says, Hi again, Mickey. Just wondering, do you know of any application that can run on a Windows Mobile 5 device and allow the user to type an SMS message on a PC keyboard and then the SMS gets sent via your Windows Mobile phone using a Bluetooth connection and it works in conjunction with Outlook? I thought there was a program that did this, but I can't find any info on it. Well, I actually found a couple of different things and essentially what it is is it's a plug-in um, for Outlook, an SMS plug-in for Outlook. 
and the function of it is you, you download this uh, this add-on that goes into Outlook and it enables you to send SMS text messages through uh, most GSM phones that are connected to your computer so it, it's I don't think it's exactly what you were looking for but at the same time it, it gets the same uh, job done. Um, but what's nice about this is that the SMS messages can then be saved in drafts, uh, grouped, forwarded, you know, as regular email messages. It's a free product. Uh, it's not uh, something that came from Microsoft, but it is, uh, it's available and uh, on the Microsoft website. They don't officially support it, but <laughs> you can download it from their site. So I don't know. I, it, I, that's, I think we're close. We're getting there. Yeah. It's one thing I found because I've always, every time I think of a device in the computer, I've always looked at the device being just a connection to something or the connection to the web or whatever. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, if you've ever seen a device when you connect it to your computer, it's like the device no longer exists and just becomes your, your transport. Right. You know what I mean? So that's why when I looked at this, I first thought, I'm thinking, well, I don't know if that would ever work because most devices really aren't, I guess you could call, awake when they're connected to a PC in some form. Mm-hmm. So well, it, you know, as far as connecting a phone via Bluetooth to a PC and sending out an SMS message to the computer, um, I, I guess you you could do that. I mean, you could do the connection for this plugin through that, but uh, I I don't know. That's it. It there may be something else, and if someone has so, knows of something, let me know, and so I can pass it on to Scott. Uh, but that plugin, I think, is going to be a, a good decent workaround for that so next question from scott is uh hey hey again mickey <laughs> still enjoying your fine podcast i'm wondering if you matt or jerry can tell me if it's possible on a windows mobile 5 device whether you can send contact information via sms uh, to another user of a series 60 phone which is uh, the symbian operating system uh, on my htc universal i get a send vcard option but when you click on it it wants to send the info via email not sms I had no problems doing this with my old Nokia Series 60. Um, also regarding the HSDPA network that Singular uses, our major carrier, uh, Telstra, I think he's from Australia, if I remember right, has just launched their new 850 MHz next-generation network. It's offering speeds from 550K to 3.4 megs uh, a second uh, early next year. That's pretty good if they're actually getting speeds that are that quick. And... Uh, Anyway, I'm wondering if the HSDPA is compatible with the older 3G technology, and I think he's asking that because he's talking about UMTS that that uh, the Universal has on it. So anyway, at the moment in Australia, the only phone supported on the new HSDPA Telestra Next G network is the IMA Jazz Jam. Um, so considering uh, that I purchased my HTC Universal, I have no plans right now selling it to buy an IMA Jazz Jam. Have you yourself, Mickey, played with the HSDPA network? Lots of questions in there, and uh, here's here's what we got. Let's break this down. Uh, I was playing around with with my queue, and I can't figure out a way to send a V card other than with Bluetooth, infrared, or email. So you, you kind of think that an SMS would be a, a good conduit for that, but I guess I, I don't know. I can't find anything on it. It doesn't seem to be. I, it's email is the way I think that that was designed. And so the fact that the Symbian phones do it, the Nokia's, that's great. And um, I, I don't know. I asked Jerry. He didn't really know anything. He's got that KJM on uh, with Windows Mobile 5 as, 5 as well. And he he didn't have any, any answers to it. So, Don't you think that um, 
I mean, what what I used to always think was I would always send when I would send something from my email mm-hmm. to to my device. My device has a almost like a, a messaging address. You know what I mean? Yeah. As in, like, if I want to send an email, I want to send something to my cell phone. Like, so let's say I'm making a little list. I want to send it to my cell phone so I can look at it. And I would just send it to my phone number at messaging.spiritpcs.com. Right. Um, I'm wondering if you could almost do the same thing, just send it to the actual address of the messaging. If you take the V card and send that via email to that, I bet you could. That. Yeah. Yeah, and then maybe in the messaging, if maybe there's a way, once in the message, if you can download it that way. Yeah. And yeah, that's that would probably work. I, I'm wondering if... You know, I'm wondering too if the fact that the the translation from whatever the options that a Microsoft has in their V card to something, excuse me, a Symbian OS would pick up maybe a little bit different. So, yeah, I wasn't um, sure. I just thought that was the only thing I was thinking of because that'd be some way because I could send I could send links to my phone that way too. Just you know, I would just know that's my phone number at such and such. You know, that that's for PCS, and I'd know okay. The link would show up in the show up in the well for me the text message and I could just click on it so I don't know if this could work the same way yeah next question or his his next part of that question that he had was about the HSDPA network HSDPA is a derivative of the uh, UMTS standard which is the basically the 2.5 to three uh, third generation uh, uh, upgrade that they've got that will give you some of these higher speeds up to 3.4 megabits per second so. Uh, you should find that it's the HSDPA is compatible with the UMTS networks that are in place, but the older equipment that was designed for the UMTS networks will not work on the higher speeds. So the HSDPA, or but the HSDPA phones will, quote unquote, throttle the speed down to the UMTS networks. Um, so I, I haven't had a chance to play with it. I don't think you have either, Matt. But there there really aren't too many phones out here on the singular network, so it hasn't been too publicized yet um so but you know on a side note that universal really is a nice device that's also the htc uh jazz uh jazz jar and uh i had a chance to get one at one point but opted to stick with the wizard device that i had but i would stick with it if i were you there really aren't too many devices out there that uh, that stack up to that one i mean it is it is it, you talk about mini computers that's it i mean it's really really very nice and that's the only sad. And that's kind of the sad thing is that when you buy something so nice as a device like this, that sometimes you're almost so much ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or you're or you're you're or you're such a small market that you know trying to get stuff to work for it sometimes hard because they're not doing a whole lot for that device because it's not that big. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and and the and the the, the universal for those of you that haven't seen it. Um, it, it it's a it's a device that it's a phone it's a windows mobile 5 based phone and it has a flip out screen on it and it's 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 it opens up like your laptop does and then swivels around like a tablet so you can fold then the screen down and talk on it hold it like a phone um but it's it's just an amazing phone so anyway uh and then so anyway so i i got back to scott on on the answers to these questions for him and this is what what scott came back with and he 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 wants to know now regarding profiles on phone devices. I know a lot of the uh, Nokia is very well known for it. You can set the different profiles, and then depending on what you want to do, if you want it to be a, you know a meeting mode, silent mode, normal, whatever, you can go through and change that. 
Uh, so he's asking regarding profiles, do you know of any software out there that I can run on the Universal that will allow me to set up different ringtone profiles so I can switch from one to the other quickly? That's one function I miss from my Series 60 Nokia phones. <laughs> well, I actually found a couple of things. The first thing that I found was from Pocket PC Thoughts, and it's an article that's called We Need More Profiles Built Into Windows Mobile for Pocket PCs. And it, it basically it, it talks about this exact same issue and the fact that they need to incorporate that, which really doesn't answer the question, but it was just some interesting reading. I asked Jerry this question, and he came back and said, funny that this should come by because he actually uh, had a little uh, issue with his KGM. He cracked the screen on it, and it was getting fixed. But he said he was using a trial of a, f a program called Phone Alarm Lite. And it's a Today Screen plugin that shows missed calls, number of uh, voicemails, and unread emails and SMS. It also allows you to set profiles that can control a bunch of things like ringers, power settings, etc. The light version I was using, um, you will probably buy when you get just KJAM back. So that's uh, it's from pocketmax.net, and I'll post a link there in the show notes. So if you've got a Windows Mobile device and you're looking for something like that, that is uh, looks like a, a good program. So that's good. You know, my thing is, does Jerry, does he, does he find a lot of times free applications or is he paying for a lot of these apps? You know, he and I had a conversation a few weeks ago, and we were actually talking about the, the different programs, and he went on kind of a spending spree, ironically, right before he had the crack, his, his screen got cracked. He went and bought a bunch of different programs uh, for various things, but I think the way to do it is you just you download the the program on the trial version, try it out, see if it's something that you want. Because a lot of times, I mean, I've done it too. You download something, and thank goodness there's a trial period because you right. really, oh, you look, you get something, and you go, boy, I'm glad I didn't pay ten bucks for this. <laughs> I mean, I've tried a couple of things on on the trio, and yeah, I'm just so glad that I got a trial version or you know seven day version, whatever, just because, oh my god, yeah. I would not pay for that. Yeah, and you know, and then sometimes, and then, and then you find those gems, you know, and that's all. That's all about, you know, asking, asking the questions. You know, what do other people use, and what are, what do people recommend, and you can get some great stuff out of that. So, those were the, uh, those were the questions that that Scott had sent in. Certainly appreciate those questions, Scott. If you have any more, keep them coming. Um, you know, that was, we love to read them, and even if you have more than one, you don't just have to send one email. If you have three questions you want to ask, send three emails. No, no problem at all. So, bring it on. Yep. A couple questions here from Dan. Dan says, hello, Mickey, Matt, and Jerry. I found your podcast about a week ago on iTunes. I simply searched for cell phone, and the cell phone junkie was the first one I found. I listened to the first 12 episodes, and now I feel comfortable enough to give you some feedback. Your, pod has, your podcast is great. Keep up the awesome work. It's exactly what I was looking for. I think I qualify as a cell phone junkie. I'm a regular at phonescoop.com and posted reviews for most of the phones I've owned there. I can't pass up stopping in cell phone stores whenever I'm at the mall or visit tons uh, and visit tons of other wireless websites. I bet a, a junkie. He is definitely a junkie. <laughs> you start stopping out at the malls, yeah, you're a junkie. Yep. So I've been a customer of Bell or Bell Atlantic, Verizon, Sprint, AT&T, and now I use the Nokia 6102 on Singular. My favorites are Sprint and Singular. My first question is about a couple of 
about a couple of strange phenomenon that I've experienced with my singular service. These phenomenon happen occasionally about once every 15 calls, incoming and outgoing. The first is an echo of my voice, which I can hear during the call and is very annoying. Do you know what it is? Is this an issue with GSM, singular? Do you ever experience this on Verizon? My second question is about calls which occasionally do not connect properly. Since I've been with Singular, I occasionally have made a call or received a call where the other person can hear me, but I can't hear them. The only solution when this happens is to hang up and recall. I guess this doesn't qualify as a drop call, but what's going on here? Can you explain it? I don't remember this problem happening with Sprint. I've uh, had had different phones with Singular. The phone type seems to be irrelevant. Samsung, Nokia, LG, all the same. Uh, we'll be listening, and we'll have more questions in the future. Dan from Trenton, New Jersey. Well, a couple questions there, Dan. Uh, you know, great to hear from you. I'm glad that you're just you found the show. Um, it's you know we've got it out there for anyone, and it's great to have you listening. Uh, looking at your questions, number one, uh, really, I have not found, uh, or I have found that with any of the services that I've used, Sprint, Verizon, Altel, T-Mobile, Nextel, and now Singular, actually then Singular, now back on Verizon. Uh, They all occasionally will have those echoes, and there are a few different theories with this, kind of depending on who you talk to on it. One is that the phone is going to pick up uh, who you are... Okay, let me start over. Uh, the phone of the person who you are talking to has their speaker volume up too loud, and the microphone on their phone picks up your voice and creates an echo that will be between a quarter and a half second behind your voice. And I've personally experienced this. Matt, I'm sure you've experienced this as well. And, you know, when you talk to someone and their their volume is too loud and it basically just creates an echo chamber, and, and that's just kind of how it is. The other side of it is when there's a tower problem and that can be where a tower can sometimes have an issue with their noise canceling software. <clears throat> when you look at the how the phone actually handles the call, there are codecs within the phone that are going to help to do some of that noise canceling as well as some of the sensitivities in those microphones, the, the style of it, a clamshell versus a candy bar, this, that, and the other thing. But also the tower itself has noise canceling software to help alleviate some of this echo that you hear. Uh, if there's an issue with it, sometimes you can uh, you know, hang up and make another call and the problem can go away. Other times it'll stick around, but it's going partic- to specifically be, if it's a tower issue, uh, in one location, like your house. Uh, if that's the case, just give your provider a call and have them put them in a service request and have a technician take a look at it. Uh, what do you think about that, Matt? You know, I've ex- it's funny we talk about this, that I've actually talked to my wife earlier today. I said, you know, how we really have you ever really noticed drop calls? And she said, no. I mean, it's actually never been a real issue we've had. Um, I have experiences sometimes, um, but I think that that's just more of a capacity in the network itself. That's not real. A lot of times that really doesn't do much for the phone. Um, the Echo, it's, it's funny to mention that, is that uh, my wife noticed that on this, the, her Razor she, that she has, that she sometimes does get that more than she ever would get on her other phone. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking... I mean, this is so hard to. It's it's hard to pinpoint down problems like that, because it it, you, yeah. it, it, it is it's it's like you know, it, you got to really you got to what you got to do is you got to really pay attention. Like you said, is it in a certain area that you're getting it. Then if it if you notice it in a certain area, you know more likely it's probably the coverage or the tower in that area. Or if you're noticing it all the time, then it's probably something with the device. 
I've also noticed with certain people I talk to with certain carriers, sometimes in how they talk, they're talking low, or I've got to turn them off, and that creates issues on my end to hear them. And another thing I've run into is sometimes with a certain headset, if I had a headset on, and I've had to turn up the device, and that creates an echo too. So there's just, it, it's hard to really find out where the issue's lying, except for really doing a process elimination. Yep, and that that's what I'm saying. You you, you take the uh, uh, you know the number of you know the number of options, and you try and kind of troubleshoot, and you can kind of figure out you know is it the phone, is it the tower, um, you know, and that's those are basically your where you're going to have your two issues. So uh, the second question he has is the issue where your phone doesn't really doesn't connect properly uh, to another phone, and it could be a call to. Uh, a landline phone, a cell phone, whatever. I had singular, and I definitely experienced this. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I think every 15 calls is actually a very conservative estimate. I would say uh, closer to maybe eight, every 8 to 10 calls, you you try and dial out, and you just have nothing. Uh, my I'm, actually getting, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm actually getting that myself right now with Verizon. Where you'll, you'll dial out and it'll just sit there. And it'll sit there and then just nothing. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is I think it's more likely, it seems to be more in my home, where my house is, And but my wife doesn't get it too. So I'm kind of waiting until I get the queue in my new device to see whether or not it's actually a phone issue. Because remember, I have an older trio, so it could be a phone issue. Mm -hmm. Or if it's the network, because... Why would I have it and then she doesn't, or my son? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's that's just it. Then I mean, it almost definitely becomes a phone issue. And I I kind of honestly think that this issue can can be attributed to specific equipment or specific. I, I for me I attributed it to that it was the older AT and T equipment that was in the area when I was using Singular here in Phoenix. It was that old old stuff that they had. Um, but I know from talking to others that are on the singular, it is an issue as well. Uh, I don't really have a solid answer for you as to why it happens. Um, it should be some condolence that you're not the only one that it's happening to and that it, it really, um, it's not, I wouldn't consider it a drop call, but it might as well because you don't really, you can't really do anything with it. You're just sitting there and you're, you know, they can hear you maybe sometimes, but it doesn't actually drop that call out, so... More like overall, man, it actually kind of takes you off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It does. It, when I used to, when I would get it, and it's, it, it's, I was sitting here at my house the other night, and I just, every now and then, it was like, I have to. It was for me, it was big on the data connection side where I was just trying to connect, and it would just sit there, and all of a sudden, I hear, I hear a biz like, er, like a biz signal, and right then I knew, oh, they didn't connect, and it would just do nothing, hmm. and then I have to, and and that's the problem I have right now with the trio I have, is my when it's connecting to the data. That data to me should just always be on and going. It shouldn't just. Have, it, it, it seems like my data has always got to reconnect, always got to reconnect, always got to reconnect. It's got like, it's almost like it's got to dial in. I know it's not part of that. Is probably it's not an EVDO device, but still for me, it's almost like it's got to reconnect. It's got to go. It's, it's like I watch it goes from, oh, connecting, oh, established, okay. I'm like this sucks. Yeah, you know, that'll go away. That's that's that, that's the one XRTT network doing that. The EVDO is an constantly connected. Um, network so you'll be you'll be good with that <clears throat> uh, so anyway so we answered Dan's question there and then he has another question for us he says I've been reading news stories from several sources that say Singular is going to be rebranded back to AT&T and he put in some links to some of the stories 
And can you tell me if this will be bad news uh, for me as a singular customer? Will this be considered a change in terms of service, which will allow anyone who wants to uh, wants out early to leave without cancel early cancellation fees? What do you think about it? Uh, I went through the transition from AT&T to Singular, and now they want me to go back. <laughs> you know, this is something I th I talked about on one of the previous shows, and uh, you are absolutely correct, Dan, that within the next 15 months or so, Singular will be rebranding themselves back to AT&T, and I honestly think it's a mistake, but then again, I'm not the one who's running you know, the marketing or the PR for them and trying to figure out uh, what brand works best for them. I think the numbers for this rebranding effort um, are, are somewhere around the, the $4 billion range, which is about twice as much as what it costs for them. And that's you know the, all of the new print and TV advertising and the new ad campaign and whatever new slogans or uh, the whole thing put together is going to be about twice as much to get them back to where they were originally. Um, Another way to look at it is if they would have done it the other way, if AT&T and Singular, when they merged, if they would have gone to the Singular or to the AT&T side, then they could have just as easily been having to do the same thing and wanting to go back to Singular. So I think it was one of those things they kind of just said, uh, you know, where should we go? Let's go the Singular direction. And now they're saying, yeah, we should have done the AT&T side because now we're talking about uh, the 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 number of different bundled services that they're going to have, you know, with the voice uh, and the data wirelessly, plus, you know, a home telephone connection, plus a possible high-speed data connection at home and all these different things. So the whole three screens campaign is the kind of the, some of the start to that, where you see the guy, was he watching football or something? Goes oh, wait, who, yeah, what is it? Is it Moral or Sony Software that advertises that? No, 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 that's AT&T. And where they go from, they take and they do they do the cell phone, and then he goes to his uh, something on his computer to something on his TV or, or something, something like that, where they're – I think that's AT&T, isn't it? Well, I think it's probably both. Yeah. I, think, I think there's another one from, like, either Motor or Sony. It's actually showing it going from the TV to the laptop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Yep. I th is it um, – Samsung or Sanyo, Sony. It's it's one yeah it's one of the one of the the Japanese uh, manufacturers. I don't I don't think it's Motorola. It could be maybe Motorola. I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. You know I don't think it's bad for customers that it's they're going to be rebranding. Uh, no. I don't think it's just, do I really think it's smart? I don't maybe not, but uh, but you know what it, you know what it all comes down to. I mean it's all branding because here's what's gonna here's the thing is not only this whole thing is going on, but then you got course you know the what the whole bell south thing starting to go through so that i mean it's all part of just trying to make the one big name just having one name that can offer you everything that's why verizon is that's how they're doing i mean they're all it's all verizon trade across the board trying to offer you everything under one name under one bill and that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it so easy and so you think oh okay i'll just go with them they're already my home you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, yeah, do I think it's crazy because, yeah, the rebranding, what it costs, they just redid, you know, the AT&T stores over to Singular, and now it's going to be all back to AT&T. I mean, the, the cost is just astronomical. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah, but, I mean, I do understand where they're coming from because they just they want to make sure people, all they want to do is say, okay, oh, I have AT&T for everything. Yeah. Because most people don't, most people just don't really pay attention. That just, they're... Most people, when, when they switched over to AT&T and to Singular, most people didn't even really pay attention. They didn't even think. They didn't even know 
that oh it changed or or the same fact of most people didn't know that AT&T wireless was not actually owned, wasn't owned by AT&T. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Most people didn't think people most people thought that oh AT&T wireless is owned by AT&T is it? Uh, no, it's actually a separate entity. Yeah. Well and that's why Sega was there able to buy it, you know, whole. So What's interesting about it though is that you you know, I think for the for the the regular person other than a change in the bill, the name on the bill, you're not going to see a lot. I mean, the terms of service, uh, I think you're going to be kind of out of luck as far as trying to go after that. They're not I don't think it's going to be a change in the in the terms of service. You're not really materially changing the service that they provide. It's really just the name of the company. And if you want to get out of your contract, I think you're going to still be paying that cancellation it's fee. It's still by the I mean, it's the same company that owns it, so it's not like they're selling it's different than when people, when Singular was buying AT&T because somebody's actually buying your account. Mm-hmm. They're not actually selling your account. They're just rebranding the name. So it's not, yep. you're not actually changing ownership, really, of the company. So. Not, not really, yeah. But, you know, moving forward, um, here we're going to see improvements. You know, the further implementation of the HSDPA, high-speed network, and better in-building coverage. I mean, that's that's what they're committed to. So I think it's going to be... I think it'll be fine. All I all I want is I just I mean, do I want Ma Bell back? Uh, yes and no. Because the only way I think sometimes things move ahead is not only because of competition and trying to keep up, but also the fact of when companies do come together there's more resources there to do to push things forward than backwards. So I, I like it but I don't. But things are t- people have to people are still looking at this of oh man, it's Ma Bell's back. <laughs> no, it is not. It's not. People got. If they look at the big picture, it is so different now. Yeah. I mean, you can. Uh, if I want to, I can go totally mobile with just Verizon or Sprint and have them for everything from my phone to my wireless access, even at home. So, I mean, it's, it's so different. I mean, you don't have to. You don't absolutely have to have that home phone anymore. Yep. So, that's the, that's, the, that's the thing. People are kind of scared because they're thinking, oh. Oh, we're going back to Ma Bell. Not really. There's too. There's a lot more competition used to be. Got a uh, the next one here is a comment from Aaron, and Aaron says you guys were talking about contact or contracts. Now phone companies can change the terms. This gets done all the time in many industries. The best examples are banks. When you apply for a bank account, you accept the terms and conditions of hundreds of different conditions and stipulations governing how the bank handles your account, the the fees they charge, etc. Usually the bank does notify the customer of fee changes with notices on bank statements and inserts, but technically they're doing this out of courtesy. Certainly they can do it without written notice as well because this is one of the stipulations you agree to accept when you open a bank account. Of course, you can easily pull your money out of the bank at any time and switch to a different bank, but they generally all follow the same practice. This is generally how commodity industries run. They all sort of boil down to this doing the same thing and charging similar rates. Now, for wireline phone companies, it's a different story. The phone companies have to make a proposal to rate increases or changes in basic phone service to the state's utility commission before they can do it. This is because telephone service is funded by public subsidies and is considered an an essential service for people of all income levels. However, things like caller ID or call waiting are considered non-essential, so the phone company may charge whatever they want for those services. But for... but they face pricing pressure with add-on services because uh, of competition with cell phones and voice over IP. 
Obviously, cell phone companies are deregulated, so they operate however they please. So they will always charge and follow practices to the fullest extent that the market will bear. Just my two cents. That's a really great comment from Aaron, and I'm glad he wrote that in because you, you look at that, and when you compare cell phone con- you know, contracts and the service and everything that these these carriers, these providers offer us compared to a, a wireline phone company and being you know, a regulated service and, uh, you know, basically an essential service uh, funded by public subsidies. It's a whole different, you know, story. Oh, I, I mean, he's totally right on with, especially when it comes to banks, man. I mean, I have an account. I mean, take for example, I mean, you have a cell phone account. You know pretty much that your minutes are going to stay the same. They're not, making, they're not going to make changes to your minutes. And, and the part of that reason is the fact of, I think some people pay a lot of attention to that and to that bill especially, and any and they people notice changes in that they would notice a change in their plan, and they would probably be up in arms about mm-hmm. it, be more argumentative, and be calling up. So they they just don't. I mean, I, for billing, that'd probably make it a nightmare if they kept on changing anyways. So <laughs> really, I mean, you know how half the time they can't get your bill right as it is, especially Sprint. But, um, <laughs> but banks, man, banks are the worst. I mean, he's totally right because banks, man. You have a credit card and you pay late once, and all of a sudden your interest rate goes through the roof. To me, that just oh, you want to talk about what seems to be illegal affairs? That just seems to be the top right there. Yeah, and you yeah you change this or you you add that or they start charging you for this one or that one. I mean, you know, the commercials are endless on TV about the the banks that are changing the ways of doing those, you know, and uh, or not not charging the fees that some banks do anyway we digress so anyway thank you Aaron for that very very good so a question from Harry and it's actually more of a little conversation here between Harry and I over email but uh, of course I wanted to share it he says why didn't you get a PPC 6700 aka the HTC wizard I got one last June and it's great I like the big keyboard my hands are too cramped on the palm blackberry Motorola Q keyboards I would like an iMade Jazz Jar if it were more usable here in the States, but I think there is one on the hooks on the into e- but I don't think there is one that hooks into EVDO or Edge networks. Um, Harry, thanks for writing in. Uh, glad to see some new people writing in here with some questions. To answer your question on the 6700, I actually had the, the cousin model, the QTEC 9100, uh, for about four months before selling it. I loved it and uh, I just was looking for something different. So. Um, those 6700 devices really are nice the keyboard is very nice to type on that's um, actually based on the Apache uh, platform and the the wizard is the, the cousin of that So, and uh, Harry wrote back and he said you know I've tried two Blackberries the 7290 and the 8700G before settling on the Sprint 6700 I haven't seen anything out there since uh, since then, that really catches my eye. If someone brings that Jazzdar-style phone to the U.S., I will I will get it. I value data more than talk in a cell phone. If one of those new UMPC de- devices can do a cell phone, I would get into one of those. I'm used to carrying stuff around. <laughs> uh, agreed. Uh, I use my phone for data mostly, uh, more than voice. And but I am actually a little bit concerned about the size. A UMPC would be a little bit too much for me to carry around all the time. If I can't very easily put it uh, into my pocket, I'm not going to be apt to carry it. So, you know, it's different for me because I'm used to when the the phones I used to have before were not 
I don't know. I mean, my phone was actually thicker when it was folded, but I still I still consider my Trio more bulky than my 9000 was. Well, yeah, because just because it's smaller, but really, the Trio is not that big. But I still consider it kind of bulky on my on my belt than I did my 9000. Mm. And it's just so funny when people are talking about like this getting a device that's even bigger, and I can't. I don't know. I guess I'm one of those people. I still, I still. I'm settling on the Q, and the, part of the reason is the weight and how thin it is. But I could still imagine going even smaller than that. I, I'm just one of those people who wants functionality, and I don't need to go to that ex- extent of the 6700. I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I ever will. You know, I don't know. I'm going to be. One it of those does a lot. It, it you know you, you you get a lot in one of those phones. Yeah, I just. I mean, of course, I mean, I can't really say much because I have uh, uh, the full data plan. So, I mean, it's not like I, you know, I do browsing, but I don't know. I just, stuff, phones like we'll, that we'll are We'll convert you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you to be a convert. I took a trip this week. We'll digress here for just a second. I took a trip this weekend, and it was a road trip from Phoenix up to Las Vegas just for the day. And it was an interesting trip because it was through some very rural areas of Arizona. And I bring this up because we're talking about data only. <clears throat> and in Phoenix, we obviously have the EVDO network, and so does Vegas. However, in between, not so much. So I was forced to the old 1X networks, which is fine for the most part. But I was actually in areas at certain spots where I had absolutely no data service. I could still make calls, but I couldn't do anything over data, which was very interesting to me because I was just kind of beside myself because I was trying to find out the scores of the football games. <laughs> and, and making a phone call didn't seem like a viable option. <laughs> uh, that's just different for me. I, I really don't pay too much attention to uh, to just a football or, or sports in general. <laughs> I think, it, you know what it is? I think it's a point of, since I moved down here, in Ohio, all I hear about all the freaking time is Buckeye, Buckeyes, Buckeyes. Oh, yeah. It's actually got to the point where I don't even want to watch the news because they actually will play Buckeye coverage before they actually play real important world news. And it's just, that's actually more, <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's more or less turned me off more towards watching the games and wanting them to lose just so I don't hear, so I actually wouldn't hear as much about it. Yeah. And But that same thing, though, like you're talking about the data, how... You know, you're trying. You couldn't get a radio station, but then you could. But you could check scores on the data now. Yeah, I couldn't pick up a radio station to hear any sports, but yet I could. At one point, I was able to get back on the One X network and be able to get data. <laughs> so and that, that kind of blows my mind away because if you think about radio, it's one of those things that just you're pretty much always thinking you're going to be able to can, catch something radio-wise. Well, I'm not you saying know, we stations. didn't have. Yeah, I'm not saying we didn't have radio. We just didn't have. The right radio. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> satellite, satellite. Satellite. Yes. No, that was. Yeah, that's besides the point. The the re- we we had we had four people with satellite receivers, and we all thought that the other person was going to bring their portable unit. So, <laughs> yeah. Don't even get me started on that one. Okay, let's keep going here. Uh, question from Joseph. I've seen several people in different forums mention that they have an quote unquote old sim card and they're thinking uh, that it will somehow will affect their reception personally myself i don't see how it could have anything to do with the kind of reception you receive the only thing i can think that this may be true in the case would be with singular where they have the new 64k sim cards which would favor certain networks and perhaps be required for 3g services for t-mobile subscriber i'm not sure how much value there is in changing sims since i personally 
a voice stream sim that I had since the mid 2000s works just fine uh, with pretty much any recent phone um, I use it in. Wonder what your take was on this. I know you use Verizon, so sims don't apply. But wondered is your general in your general knowledge if it makes a difference on how recent your sim card is to your performance. Joseph, you are pretty much uh, right on <coughs> with your analysis of that. The sim card in a GSM phone does two main things. First, it holds the information of the subscriber. Uh, so the network knows the phone number of the device and thus where to route the calls, uh, text messages, and so on. Secondly, uh, in the case of someone like a singular, it also balances the load on the towers that are in the vicinity. So for a T-Mobile subscriber, there wouldn't really be much of a difference um, because they're, except for the number uh, of phone numbers that you could hold between a newer and an older SIM card. I think the older ones were 250, now they're up to 500. But I've used actually both T-Mobile and Singular and really have never seen uh, an impact on the SIM card, new or old, as far as reception is concerned. Uh, you talk a, a little bit about the load balancing. I'm actually uh, impressed that you, you brought that up. That's a very, uh, can be a very interesting uh, topic of discussion for someone and, and we won't get into it here but uh, you know if you have the old singular and AT&T the blue and orange networks in an area that 64k sim is required to do the load balancing so that they have they have the correct number of subscribers on each of the towers and so they uh, are, are getting the best use out of them so good question from Joseph I, I personally did not know that the sim went that far I knew the functionality of it, but I did not go. I didn't know it went as far as uh, balancing load of the towers. Yeah, it, it's actually very interesting. Um, I, I know of people. Uh, I've actually worked with people who have upgraded from an older AT&T to a singular SIM card, and their service degraded because the load balancing pulled them off of a closer tower and put them on a less full tower and have actually gone back to an older AT&T SIM card. And I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do. I'm just saying that in certain cases, that may be the way, something that you have to do. In, because so is it, it, okay, sorry to interrupt, but I'm thinking, but that, hmm, so they're, they're doing it just so they can offload traffic from one to another. With yeah, I mean, with with the size of the network that they have and the and the GSM technology, they they need a way because it, the call is only on one tower. They need a way to manage that load. Whereas on the CDMA system, where your call is held by two to three to up to four I think towers at a time, it can easily be balanced out between those. And y if one tower gets overloaded, you can drop off and your call is still held on a couple other towers. It doesn't work that way with GSM, so they need to be able to. Balance, balance that out with the, the towers that they have. The integration, I think, is done, though, now. We were talking about that a couple of weeks ago, so I right. think they're okay with that. But that, that I know that has been an issue in the past. So, hmm. Question from Aaron. Aaron was the, uh, the one who wrote us a little bit ago um, uh, talking about some of the regulations of phone companies. He says, hey, Mickey, okay, a guy here at work wants to get a GSM phone because he's going to, he's going to be traveling to Bangladesh and Saudi Arabia. He's thinking a Motorola Razr would be a safe choice, and I agree since it's, since it's such a ubiquitous phone. Do you agree? I do. Do I do I remember you saying T-Mobile is the largest international provider? Do you need a special plan for T-Mobile to roam internationally, or does it just work? Uh -huh. <laughs> that uh, would be awesome if that was true. Yeah, no kidding. You know, the Razer is a fine recommendation with either T-Mobile or Singular. It's a quad-band device, so it would work on the 900 and 1800 
megahertz bands in the countries listed. Um, both Saudi Arabia and Bangladesh are primarily 900 megahertz companies, but I th Bangladesh, I believe, has one 1800 megahertz uh, network. So anyway, you just get quad band is the way to go, just to be safe. Um, anyway, once you have the T-Mobile service, you, you do have to call them to activate that international service. It is free to have it available on your phone, but it's blocked unless you have it. You ask for it to be enabled. Uh, personal experience, I actually have some, and that that is, in fact, the case. That if you do not enable it, it will not work. So, but it is free. So, I mean, you just call now, up and let them tell them you want to do it. Here's my question, though. Once you get over to the other country, do you have to still do anything to the phone itself to get it to start working on the network? The only real thing that you need to do with the phone once you get over there is just realize where you are and how to enter the phone numbers. Um, it's not, uh, obviously when you're trying to make phone calls over there, you have to know what to dial <laughs> and how to dial. And I'm not gonna pretend to tell you exactly how to do it, but I think it's 011 and the area code and the phone number to call back to the US. Right. I think. Because I, I know our country code's 01. Yeah, 001 or 011, something like that. Or is that, no, that's no, dialing internationally from here. Yeah, 01. Yeah, zero one. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> my my thing is though, it's just, man, I I think about this. I'm thinking, but the expense on this on this stuff is still, even though you activate it, man, it's just so it's costly. Yeah, but you know what? This this was I I think this was probably for a business line. So, uh, you know what though? To have one number that roams around the globe with you, that's pretty nice. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm just, it's kind of. Man, I just yeah. We've got one more question here, and this is Joseph again, and he says, "Since you've been, um, since you seem to be a fountain of of knowledge, I thought I'd throw this one at you. I've noticed that only CDMA-based handsets, uh, as used on Verizon and Sprint, are the one, seem to be the only ones that have pull-out antennas on the handsets. Even a handset that is made for all three networks, GSM, TDMA, and CDMA." have or don't have pull-out antennas. Take, for example, the Motorola V60. It has a stub antenna on the GSM and TDMA phones, while the V60C um, has a pull-out antenna. The Nokia 6310 has a built-in antenna, where the 6385 for CDMA has a pull-out antenna. Do you have any idea why this is? Um, I've seen some silly answers out there when I've asked this in certain forums, such as CDMA carriers don't care about their customers' reception, and GSM carriers, or GSM carriers do, and GSM carriers don't. Uh, <laughs> Joseph, uh, it's actually funny that you ask about this. It's actually a great question. Uh, Chris uh, wrote in back on show number five and asked us about this. But, you know, it's been a few months since I've talked about it, so it's nice to recap it again. Uh, many people don't really realize... Uh, why that is, or maybe don't even think about why or how this all works, but the only phones here in the U.S. Uh, that have external extendable antennas were the old analog devices that came out in the 80s, and then, of course, CDMA phones, such as you uh, mentioned. So Verizon, Sprint, and Altel are those um, those carriers that we're talking about that have the external antennas, and uh, Singular and T-Mobile um, sometimes have the stubby antennas on them, but they're not really extendable. Anyway, there was a time when the retractable antennas really made a difference in how well the wireless signal was received by the phone. The technology has, has caught up with the times and internal antennas really uh, offer just as much of a signal gain as some of the, the external extendable ones. Uh, they're also sturdier and uh, they're much 
less apt to get damaged uh, when you have that internal antenna or even a stubby antenna on it. So that's kind of the, the short version of the answer to that question, but it, it really went back to the roots of when the technology was created and then, of, of course, the CDMA uh, was overlaid on top of some of those analog networks and and uh, just the way that it was designed. Uh, it's completely different technologies and just the way that it the, the way that they function, uh, they used to see a little bit of improvement from having, actually a lot of improvement, if, for those of you who remember the analog phones, if you didn't pull out on that antenna, you were kind of out of luck. So, that that's the short answer to that. You know, one thing is about that is that it's getting to the point now, even on CDMA, I mean, you're coming across fewer and fewer devices that have any type of antenna at all. External antenna. Well, yeah, keep this in mind, too. Almost all of the CDMA devices that have been out there up until the last year had analog built into them. Right. And in order for that to work at all, <laughs> you had to have an ex external extendable antenna. Because if you put your hand, basically when you look at where your hand is on the phone, if it's covering up that antenna on digital, if the signal's a little bit weaker, it's generally okay, it'll still make do. But when you have an analog device, it gets scratchy, it gets fuzzy, and it just... You know, it's kind of like when you go around a hill and you're listening to AM radio. <laughs> and just, you just hear all that static. So that's kind of what you got there. So, Matt, we're at 50 minutes. Are we really? We are at 50 minutes. We went through 10 questions. I think we got everyone's uh, answers to what they were looking for. So, um, you know, that's you know, that's what we're here you know for. You know what's funny? I'll tell you something funny. I'm looking, I was looking through the manual for my wife's Razor phone the other day, mm -hmm. and it actually had in there instructions saying, do not put the phone in the microwave. Oh, yeah? Because <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking about doing after I got done here. It was I, you know, it's just, <laughs> I just, what, it, what it tells me is that uh, my wife's like, why would they ever put that in there? I said, you know, honey, you know what it is? There was actually a time where people thought that, hey, if I want to replace my device... I put it in the microwave for a couple of seconds. It fries a couple of things. Make doesn't look like got water. Doesn't won't show water damage. They won't be able to tell the difference, and I get my phone replaced because it stopped working. I'm like, it, it's so sad that it's gotten to the point they actually have to put in there. If your phone gets wet, or in general, do not put your phone in the microwave. Don't put your phone in the microwave. That's just not right. <laughs> just, I just kind of thought that was funny. Yeah. All just right. Well, we will uh, wow. we'll be back next weekend for show number twenty five. And through 24 now. Yep, 24 shows. So if you have any questions, comments, uh, anything that you'd like to hear us talk about on the air, give us a shout at uh, thecellphonejunkie at gmail.com, or you can head on over to the website, thecellphonejunkie.com, and leave us a comment. And once again, thank you very much for listening, and have a good night. See you, everybody.